1: Great to be back with you, folks. It's certainly an honor to come across your radios and airways, and we just uh, we just feel so privileged to do that. With me, as always, is my friend and, and cohort in and podcast crime, Stephanie Wesco And Stephanie's still coming to us from deep down south in Louisiana, and uh, my old home state. And uh, I lived in Louisiana for a year at one time. And uh, certainly been down to Southland Christian Camp. Not enough, but been down there several times. And Stephanie, how is Southland Christian Camp and our dear friends Mike and Amy treating you these days?
2: Well, Doug, Southland's an awesome place. And um, everyone just loves the Lord and is friendly. And um, so, yeah, we're doing great.
1: Well, and, you know, I think there's almost a friendly clause if you want to work there. I think everybody's friendly, man. I think if you want to work there, you got to be friendly. I I saw one guy down there who wasn't friendly, and he wasn't there the next time I went back. So you got to be friendly or you get the boot, praise God, and that's the way it should be. Man, I I just want to say uh, you might be a knucklehead if, and I want to build right on that, you might be a knucklehead if you're not kind. If you're mean to people, don't be mean to people, man. That isn't the right way to go. You know, people aren't going to like you. Your husband's not going to like you. Your wife's not going to like you. Kids aren't going to Whoever, they're not going to like you when you're mean. Stop being mean. Be kind. That's all i got to say. You want to add anything to that, Stephanie? You
2: know what? <clears throat> one of the greatest verses in Scripture is be kind one to another. Wow. And, you know, we know it's a big deal. We teach it's one of the first verses we teach to our kids, but there's some adults who never got it. And, um... Yeah, it makes you a knucklehead.
1: It does make you a knucklehead. It almost might be knuckleheaded squaredness and uh, may go to the level of being a bonehead if you're a perpetual performer. So if you're just mean to one person, you need to get right with that person or stop hanging out with them. But if you have a prependency or preponderance, I think is a better way of saying that. If you have a likelihood, preponderance, see these steroids they shot up in me this morning? I'm pretty wound <laughs> up. I'm just being up front with you. But you have a preponderance, Uh, If you, if it's there, you know, if it's there, if you're mean, you stink, stop it. Stop being mean, you know, find joy in your life. I don't know. You know, uh, you know, go home alone, shut your curtains, run around naked and scream. It always helps me. Uh, More important. Read the word of God. Did you drop something over there? What'd you do? (laughs) I'm
2: traumatized. It just sort of set me into shock.
1: (laughs) Sometimes we need some shock. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Just be friendly <laughs> out there, folks. Be good to each other. You know, if you're friendlier than, to your dog than you are to other people, there might be something wrong. Yeah. You know, if you're calling spot and kissing up on spot and all that, something might be wrong if you're not doing that to people. You know, the Bible says greet everybody with a heavenly kiss. That's Bible, man. I don't do it, but I'm just telling you. Anyway, here we are. We're in Psalm 144, and you can't do that in the time of COVID either. And and I don't think they mean heavenly kiss on the lips or anything like that yeah you know i think it was a cheek kiss back in the day but here we are we're on psalm 144 and uh, i wanted to, oh and i want to tell you guys so stephanie and i and the great a and two hicks girls we we just had a great time at camp we should we should take a couple minutes at the end of this stephanie after you do the book of the day And after we do the podcast, we should leave a couple minutes on there to talk about your impression of camp and catch everybody up on the kids and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, all that being said, Stephanie, uh, book of the day. What's your book of the day?
2: Well, the the, um, book of the day, I am going to go with um, a book that I'm actually almost done with, and I don't have it with me, but it's by Priscilla Shearer, and it's on prayer. Um, it is powerful. I think, um, anyone who's watched war room, she's the lady who acts out war room and you can watch her speak and stuff on YouTube. Um, but her book on prayer has, it has been life changing. A friend shared it with me and, um, it just covers different aspects of life and and prayer involving all different aspects of life. And, um, I would highly recommend it. Um, like I said, I don't have it with me, so I don't have the title in front of me, but it is Priscilla Shearer's book on prayer.
1: Is it Shira or Shira? I don't know.
2: It might be, I don't know. Tomato,
1: tomato. Here's the deal. She's pretty special. And uh, she's Tony Evans' daughter, the, pa- the great pastor from down there in Texas. And she just uh, successfully, I think, beat cancer. So keep her in your prayers. But it, I, imma- I imagine it's a pretty great book. I know she dealt with lung cancer or something, never smoked a cigarette. or her, her life never was around them. But what a testimony that young lady has. Thank you for sharing that with us, Stephanie. And uh, So we're in Psalm 144. So we, we already know up front. we got to do this in two parts. So we're going to do the first seven verses, for those of you keeping track, of Psalm 144 today. And it said, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people unto me. Lord, what is a man that thou takest knowledge of him? Or the Son of Man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them, shout out thine arrows and destroy them. Shoot out, I'm sorry. Those uh, reading glasses are becoming a very real need in my life. Verse number seven, send thine, uh, send thine hand from above. Rid me and deliver me out of great waters from the hand of strange children. What a psalm. I mean, it's starting off, and uh, he's, he, again, he's talking about this love of God. We, this, I think, Stephanie, is the last psalm in the book of Psalms that's attributed uh, to David, the great psalmist who wrote most of the book of Psalms of the greatest percentage And he's coming right out of here, and uh, he's talking about uh, how blessed the Lord is and stuff. And he's trying, I think this psalm is trying to bless the Lord, maybe honor him a little bit. What are you thinking? What are you seeing here?
2: Well, I love this psalm, Doug. Um, This was one of the first psalms I memorized as a little girl. The teacher of my Sunday school class um, challenged all of us to memorize this psalm. Wow. And... um, It stuck with me. Um, there's this, there's so much truth. (laughs) Verse one, I love, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what, you know, I've heard people say this, this is a sign, you know, David obviously knew how to take it through God, through his strength. He knew how to take down a bear, um, and a lion with his, with his bare hands. Um, so David, I would say definitely there was some strong, um, he had had some strong training, (laughs) in hand-to-hand combat in, you know, maybe it involves something like what we would call taekwondo or whatever. Um, But I love that he prefaces his hands, you know, his hands and his fingers knowing how to fight and how to do battle with blessed be the Lord my strength. And I love that as we go into this psalm, this psalm that starts out with just praise to God. Yeah. To just praise to God. He's recognizing that Anything he can accomplish, even on a physical level, comes from the Lord. Comes from who God is in His life. And if we can come to that place, so many things will just automatically fall into their rightful place. Or it'll make our perspective right in many realms of life if we remember that God is our strength, that He's our goodness, He's our fortress, He's our high tower, our deliverer, our shield. We, re- if we we'll remember that it will change so much about every other aspect of life.
1: Yeah. And, and I think just, you know, these attributes that are attributed to God, um, uh, or his names, uh, wonderful names, names that we need in our life, our goodness. Where does our goodness come from? Well, it comes from God. And, um uh, I just I look at that verse and over and over again. My fortress and having this idea of, you know, an ancient day fort. Remembering that weapons you didn't have mortars, you didn't have directional mis- uh, missiles from the sky or whatever the case may be. You know, you built this huge fortress with walls all the way around it, and you put men all the way around it, and the leader would be smack dab in the middle, as far away from harm as he could be in any direction. And and David saying, "That's my God. He's my fortress. He keeps me." Uh, in safety. He keeps me as far as I can be from that. And then he's my deliverer. And uh, uh, you know, I think of that word deliverer, Stephanie, and over and over again, I think that we need delivering. We need delivering, we need to be delivered from the craziness from this world, my shield, we need to be shielded from this world, my trust, who subdueth my people under me and and keep the soldiers right, and keep them going. We think at this part, in this particular psalm, we believe uh, that David's probably getting ready to, to be the king of everything. We remember he was the king for years there, and Judah then took over both kingdoms again for a while. And and um, uh, so for 10 years he was away from Jerusalem, went back and put his kingdom in Jerusalem, and he's he's just given God credit for all kinds of stuff there, Stephanie. And, I, I mean, did you— When we look at verse number three, Lord, what is a man? I mean, could you write a whole book on that? But Mm. You know, what what does that question mean to you, Stephanie? What are we?
2: Well, I mean, we see here, um, verse four, David, David says what we are. Man is like to vanity. You know, without Christ, without God making the difference, we're dirt, we're dust. In us dwells no good thing. And that's what David is, is saying, God, that we're nothing. Yeah. We're empty. We have absolutely no, we have nothing. We are nothing apart from Christ. I mean, he creates us. He designs us without, I mean, we, we wouldn't even exist. If there'd be any we, good. Yeah. Yeah. And so from him, you know, it's only because of who he is. That we have any purpose in life because of who Jesus Christ is, because yeah. of how He changes us. Yeah, and I think that's what David's saying here.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think we all need to realize if there be any good, if there be any value. I mean, if there's anything there, we have to know by this point that it's God. That uh, you know, left to our own devices, we're a bunch of uh, uh, sinners. That's all we are anyway. But uh, when you add God as a propitiation for that sin, as a substitute for that sin, as the person who delivers you, as the person who protects you, the person who shields you, the person who gets you through the the go-to, um, boy, I mean, that's pretty cool. And uh, I, I like the way you go with that. And then, you know, Stephanie, I'm looking at this other verse, and it said, Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down and touch the mountain, mountains, and they shall smoke talking about God's power there. Mm-hmm. Bow the heavens down to us here. Touch the mountains. And, um, boy, we need God to touch the mountains in America today, don't we? We need him to mm. touch the homes and the towns and and the governments and the capitals and all those.
2: Yeah. Well, I see. You know, I think when I, when I read verse 5, I think of Mount Sinai. And I think David had just thought of that as he wrote, as he wrote this psalm, and understanding that we need to see, we need to understand that God has so much power, and that's I think what David was looking to here. He knows that because he's nothing apart from God's power, apart from God making a difference. These these you know the burden of strange children um, of children who are have wandered from God, who are are just apostate, reprobate, whatever. Where they're they they've crossed that line of, um, going just they're evil, and yeah. that's what we see here in, in the in the next few verses after this. But God, David's saying, God, would you deal with them? Would you would you deal in your power with them? Because I have no power. I have nothing of me that can make a difference in this situation. And he's looking on. He's looking at God here and calling on God to make a difference in this situation in this trial, and that's I think a massive place to come to that understanding if we're in the midst of betrayal in the midst of, you know, as we'll see in verse eight, David's um, dealing with lying. He's dealing with, with a mouth that speaks great things, but it's all vanity. And um, he's coming to God saying, God, deal with this. Yeah. And I think that's important to come to. And and until we come to the point of realizing that we're nothing, We won't come to the point of asking God to take care of it. And so come to that point of saying, God, I can't do this. In me dwells no good thing. I'm vanity apart from you. And you're my strength. You're the high tower. You're the defense. And would you take care of this in your power, in your glory? Would you take care of this?
1: And then to remind God, you know, of of the greatness uh, uh, that took place at Mount Sinai in the waters, you know, and, and to compare your enemy uh, to what took place at Mount Sinai, to compare your enemy to the great wa- enemy, to the great waters, to compare your enemy to these great victories that God has given. And I think sometimes, Stephanie, you know, as individuals, we harp on the negative stuff uh, of the the here and nows. I think that's probably the most important mistake that I make on a regular basis is my prayer life. Uh, you know, praying for food, praying for not feeling good, praying for being up in the middle of the night with a fever, praying for that preacher in the hospital on a ventilator right now, whatever the case may be. We're all seeing that. People in our life we love and are hurting and stuff like that. But it seems like I never start the prayer uh, with a, just adoring God and what he's done. And here's the psalmist remembering, you know, what, what was done, remembering the things that the Jews hold so close to them. And, uh, you know, those great victories, uh, you know, getting the 10 commandments coming back and, and boy, we're just, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're just a couple minutes away from a pretty great life with God. I think on a daily basis, I think I am, I think if I could add just a couple minutes here and there, you know, five or six times a day where I just stop and say, God, but thank you you know, thank you for what you've done in our life. I, I was praying a little bit earlier today. I was praying for Debbie, who's under the weather. I'm under the weather. Honestly, Stephanie's been under the weather for She's just coming out. She had been under the weather for about a month, and we all know people under the weather. And you know what I'm thinking, Stephanie? I'm thinking that I don't thank God enough for the many victories, even in my life. I don't stop and say, hey, God, thank you for letting me serve in the ministry. Thank you for letting me... uh you know, work on the podcast with Stephanie. Thank you for the wonderful week we have at camp. Thank you for these great victories. And, uh, I don't know how I'm getting this hermeneutically out of this, but I, I'm just saying we have a mighty God and we got to remind him, uh, how victorious he's been in our lives. He's a jealous God. And, uh, and none of our victories in our life belong to us. If there's any good, uh, you know, we're told to think on those things, right? If there'd be any virtue, uh, over there in the book of Philippians 4. But I, I think, Stephanie, I think that if we could help anyone today, I would say change your prayer life around a little bit. Look a little more like David when you go to God.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think understanding that it's okay to look look to the Lord and ask him for deliverance. Um, you know, verse 7 David says, "Send thine hand from above, rid me, and deliver me out of great waters, from the hand of strange children." That's God gives us insight to what His specific struggle was here. Um, but it's okay to go to the Lord and ask for deliverance. Yeah. And you know, it's don't don't feel like, well, I'm just supposed to be content. Yes, you find your contentment in the Lord, but look how many times David, maybe we don't ask for deliverance. Maybe we don't have faith to ask for deliverance. I don't know what the case is, but time after time, after time, David's looking to God for deliverance and God, you know, until you ask, seek not, you're not going to see God do the things that he maybe would do if you wouldn't tie his hands by not. And so don't sit in a pity party. Don't, use the trial you're in just to get attention and try to get the world to coddle you go to God and ask for deliverance and 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 give him a chance to do what he wants to do in your life but he's waiting on you to call he's waiting on you to ask seek and knock
1: yep we communicate with God two ways we read his word he talks to us we pray to him we talk to him and keep those lines of communication open Uh, Don't make God an afterthought. Make him the real thing. And, you know, with that in mind, Stephanie, just uh, I don't want to move. We're coming back to Psalm 144. So we'll recap this. But I do want to move to the place where we talk about what happened a week ago at Camp Joy. And uh, those of you who don't know, Camp Joy is a Christian camp in Whitewater, Wisconsin. And uh, we just had a week of PTSD training. And, of course, Stephanie was there. And uh, Wayne Keese, another one of our Wounded Spirits missionaries, was there. And uh, Zach Knight was going to be there, one of our Wounded Spirit missionaries. But he came down with the COVID. And had, that stuff is going around everywhere. But what, what do you think? Looking back at camp, what, what's coming to your mind? What happened there last week?
2: Well, Doug, I think it was one of the busiest camps that I've been a part of, one of the craziest. Um, it was good, though, and I trust and look to the Lord having answered um, the heart cries of people that were there that were looking for help. And um, I think it was, in light of eternity, was a very profitable full week.
1: Yeah, I got to agree. And, and, and you know, I thought there was a special uh, bond this past week you know we see it at most camps but i felt like the spirit this past week was a direct reflection on those of you who've been praying for us with this podcast because it really felt like it was prayed for it felt like god was doing a great work i felt very uh, healthy during the week i didn't feel bad until tuesday of this week coming home and that was a prayer that uh stephanie had had that we wouldn't none of us would go up there sick and, uh, we certainly didn't want to make anybody sick and Stephanie and her kids had been out of sick for a couple of weeks. And, uh, so we wanted to go up there healthy and I believe God gave us that for the most part. Uh, I believe from a perspective of teaching and, and being with people, um, there was a real desire, I think, to, uh, really hear and learn and be part of that. And we, and we showed one of our videos that we did from the TV show. Uh, we were able to show one of the ladies and, uh. I thought I thought that was great. We showed Ashley and and uh, Sister Ashley, you know, just giving her testimony. I thought it was a great blessing to the ladies there. It's just going, just going on high. I know you and Debbie were were on that on the last day. You guys were counseling ladies without stop. I don't think there was lunch for either one of you guys on that day. I'm not sure about supper. And before you knew it, we were on the evening thing. And and then uh, then that last night, we had a little bit of a concert there. And uh, I thought the kids were right on. Uh, much better, though, when we went to Emmanuel Baptist Church in Hebron, uh, I was able to uh, commandeer more microphones, and we're starting to find out that more microphones equal much better quality uh, on the Wesco Music. Even though the quality is always good, I felt like uh, it's almost like we're you're a three or four microphone family right now, Stephanie, for the kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep.
1: But the people really enjoy, and we got to meet some really great people. We're not going to give any hints on stuff on that. We don't talk about the people who came, but just rest assured we had that great mix again of uh, uh, of everything, you know, military, first responders, uh, sadly, the sins of this world, the molestations, the abuse, the narcissist, uh, hurting people, all those types of things. It was just a great mix of that. And, uh, just a shout out to John Moore and his family and all the workers up there at Yes. Camp Joy for keeping it so clean, and they fed us okay. Uh, I mean, I I think it was a good week.
2: Yeah, I think it was. It was a great. Um, I know the Lord spoke to my heart and challenged me. You know, there's something about you go to to a camp just to minister, and you have to come. You have to go saying, God, I'm going to need something from you this week. Um, and as some, you know, it, it was good. It was definitely. Like I said, it was one of the hardest camps as far as intensity, um, but it was the Lord definitely worked, and so I'm thankful for that.
1: Now, and and if you folks are listening to us, and you're a lady, there's a lady conference, ladies conference going on right now as we're talking to you at Southland Christian Camp. But then again, when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, you'll have time to get down to call the folks uh, Amy herbster's the point of contact for you mrs. herbster Mike and Amy Herbster run the camp down there and there's a lady conference going on ladies conference going on next week so Stephanie's actually there for one this week flying home to be with her kiddos and then flying back again next week so if you're a lady and you're within let's say 3,000 miles of uh, Louisiana you definitely want to get a plane ticket a car ride a bus a motorcycle whatever it takes get out there for that <laughs> (laughs) ladies conference. Hey, we love you folks. Looking forward to talking to you again real soon. God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus,